Thank you, all choir. What a joy, what a wonder to be able to talk about Jesus and lifting up Jesus and congregation lifting up Jesus. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? We're here today to celebrate uh, Jesus actually in our hearts. We're here to celebrate with the Lord's Supper, and I would trust that everyone that is in this room will participate in the Lord's Supper as we celebrate that supper. In uh, 1833, an employee at the Patent Office of the United States of America at Washington, D.C., there was a letter received by this employee. Now notice this was in 1833, and he wrote this letter. Dear sir, because everything that can be invented has already been invented, it is inevitable that the, this office should go out of business. Inasmuch as I shall soon lose my position, I hereby resign to look for work elsewhere sincerely. Now listen, up to that point in 1833, less than 500 patents had been applied for in the United States of America. But by the time of war, World War I was over, more than 60,000 patents had been used or had been issued. Today, that number runs into the millions probably close to billions. We read about that and we think about the short-sightedness perhaps of this man who wrote this letter and said, my job's going to be over, I see it coming, and because of that, I'm going to go ahead and resign and I think you need to just close up shop having the idea that no more patents were going to come in. Everything was done. What a bad foresight, would you not say? What a bad foresight. And I'm sure that he was able to live and be able to see that, that he was wrong. Now I want to speak to you today on this subject. I have a dream. I have a dream. And I want to use uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 20. And then in the book of Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, you know what Proverbs says and the wisdom writer says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Things perish. And then when you come to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, the apostle Paul is talking about the mystery, the mystery that has been revealed to him. And to you and I as the Gentile church, the mystery of God, the mystery of what Jesus was all about, the mystery of him giving his life for your sin and mine and opening the door that we Gentiles could have eternal life. Before I read that, I'm thinking of three controversial individuals down through history, and you could think of some others, I'm sure. But in, on October 31st, 
1517, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther who had been reading and studying the Word of God, and he saw that the way to Christ was through faith and grace of God and the only way to God. So on that date, he nailed 98 thesis on the door of the church of that time. And there was a great divide, and thus the Protestant church was formed from that point forward. Back a little later from that, there was another man on April the 4th, 1968, in Memphis, Tennessee, that lost his life. He was shot. He could be controversial just as Martin Luther was. But Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. And this was his message. I have a dream. I have a dream. And then they sang, we shall overcome. That's still continuing to be the process and the dream. But Martin Luther, Martin Luther King was killed because of that. Because of that, he had to die. There's another man that I know that many of you know also today in our day. And he has the theme. And he ran on this theme. And he's not given up on this theme. Or this dream, rather, I would rather say. And this dream is making America great. He's not going to give up on that. And that is our president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Whether we like him or whether we don't, whether we disagree with him or whether we don't, it doesn't matter to him. He has a dream for America to make America great. And everywhere he goes, he proclamates that message, making America great again. Not through his own life, not through his own well-being, but he believes and he stands on the fact that it is God who orchestrates it all. And of course, as we listen to his life, he's a human being like us and he does things that perhaps are not too kosher. He may say some things and he's kind of like myself sometimes. He gets his foot in his mouth and he runs it around and does all. But I want to tell you something. He doesn't let anything stop him. He has the dream of America. Now, these are three men that I give to you. All three men were controversial, every last one of them. Martin Luther was not famous. In fact, he was disbarred from the Catholic Church, and he could not come back. In fact, being disbarred meant that probably he was not even going to get to go to heaven. And then he realized through his training that there was more to it. And as I suggest again, it is grace, through grace, by the faith of God that he has and he's exercising his faith in God. Martin Luther King, again, had a dream for his people. 
And his dream was that they could overcome and that they could be accepted. And we have watched that through our lifetime. I was born and grew up during that particular time in history. And as I, as I listened, I, I felt at that time that he was all wrong. I, I honestly, I, I felt like they were going in the wrong direction, doing the wrong things and pushing us and, and rubbing us raw because of it. And it seems that some of that is still happening today, but yet that dream is still alive. He said, I have a dream. We shall overcome. And then again be reminded of Donald Trump, whom rubs us all again in some instances. But he's our president. And I stand before you today in support of him. And I believe that God's hand is upon him And because of that, then within that process, I have to understand that the dream that is set before him can become my dream too. Now, how can that become my dream too? If he has a dream of making America great again, it's not just about money, but it is about opportunities as well. Allowing people to serve God whom, whom is real God and believing God and standing on God and saying that America can be Christian and we can be revitalized again. And we're seeing that on every hand. We're seeing that everywhere. People are taking a stand for God, believing God, feeling like we have support, but yet in the other instant we are have so many enemies against us today that it's no telling. I mean, you know, we have people who want to kill us, as the Apostle Paul was. In fact, the Apostle Paul was a man just that way. The Apostle Paul had a dream as well. He had an encounter with the Lord on the Damascus Road. A great light shone to Paul as he is going to journey into a place to kill Christians and to at least arrest them and take them and lock them up and perhaps they would be killed but they'd be persecuted for naming the name of Christ and God stopped him in his tracks and gave him eternal life and you know the rest of the story how he goes into Damascus. God fills him, opens his eyes and gives him the message to preach and he from that Point on says, I have a dream. The dream that is alive has been alive even when I was persecuting it. I have a dream today. There's others throughout the Bible who had dreams. The prophets had dreams of, of, of seeing God work through national, national Israel. Noah had a dream. God gave him Uh, the report that the world was going to be destroyed and he stood up for that dream, even ridiculed for it. Not only that, but there were the prophets all through until you get to Matthew. And then there's Jesus who comes on the scene. And in fact, he's denied and he's killed, he's crucified. And we shall celebrate that in just a moment of the resurrection He's no longer dead. He's alive, and he's alive today in the church, and God wants us to be alive continually within the church also. Notice what he says. Paul says in chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians, I've already given you Proverbs. 
And he says to us, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, you and I, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be, notice, strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints of God what is the width, what is the length of it, what is the depth of it, what is the height of it, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled, praise God, with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory to the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. That was Paul's dream, that it would last, that, that you and I would be filled, that we would be filled with the, with the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God, that we would be filled with the fullness of God and the note of fullness of God. And as our dreams that we have, not just dreams of physical dreams that we have, and I'm sure that everyone in here dreams. I was in, when I was in uh, junior college, I was in a psychology class. The psychology professor, Bobby Bell, said, uh, everyone dreams. A young man piked up and said, Bobby Bell, or Dr. Bell, I don't dream. He said, I guarantee you, you do. So he told us what time to set our clocks in the morning, set it earlier, and to wake up and then go back to sleep and sleep. And the next day, he said, I want you to tell me whether you had a dream or not. The young man came back and said, you're right. I did have a dream. Now, the important thing about dreams is, is that most of the dreams that you have, you never remember. Most of them you never remember. Sometimes I have dreams and I think I want to remember that in the morning. By the time I get up, I have forgotten it. I may start to tell Elaine that dream and it just starts going away. It's gone. I can't get it back for some reason. Now, the biggest thing about dreams is not that you can remember them, but that you have them. And they're a part of who you are, and they're a part of my life as well. So Paul is suggesting here that we dream. Dreams, not as I'm saying go to sleep and dream those, but dream dreams of what God has in store for you and the church. Because if he has in store for you and you're filled with all that that he has that he's talked about right here in these uh, uh, several verses here, that you would be rooted and grounded, that you would be strengthened, that you'd have the power of the Holy Spirit through you, your heart would be uh, full of faith, and all of the suggestions that you know who he is, more than just saying, I don't know, but he said, I want you to know how wide, how deep, and how high and how low he is, knowing the fullness of God. There's no end to it and have a dream of that together as we share together. 
Our local fellowship must have a continual dream. Now you have a report that Wednesday night was given by the transition team. And they did a wonderful professional job uh, of bringing that to you over many, many weeks. Several weeks ago, I said, uh, suggested to the team, it's going to take you several weeks. They asked me how many. I said, I don't know. And uh, when we got into it, we began to realize how many weeks it would take. But I want you to know that they have worked very hard for those weeks. They have not sat around in a corner and, and not, not have done anything, but they have worked hard with what you gave them, and, and they have brought that professional report to you. Now, that's not just a report to, to lay here on this podium. It's not just a, a report for you to take home, but it is a report for you to get. It is a report for you to take home and to uh, look at it and, and just talk about it to yourself. Look at it, read it, mark it up, do everything you can. This is your church, as Janet has so greatly told us today. This is words from the church. And so though for, there are things in that that suggest that we need to look together at the dream that we look together as a dream. There's a lot of direction. There's a lot of things there to tell us about plans to be made, all kind of things that we look at together, the beginning point. But yet if you look at that, you can almost look at the end and you can have a dream and you can see where God is taking us. You were born with the potential to live an extraordinary life. Your journey to this extraordinary living is about realizing your life's vision. When you discover God's vision for our lives or for your lives, you will forever change when that is applied to you. In fact, Isaiah 6, 1 through 6 helps us to understand that. As Isaiah saw God high and lifted up, as Paul talked about here in chapter 3, you will become more engaged and excited to live each day. You will not permit life's distractions nor discouragements to hold you hostage. You will not allow today's circumstances to keep you from moving toward tomorrow's promises. As we talk about a vision, we talk about a dream that God has given to us. Now, what is a vision? Webster's Dictionary says this. The ability to see, sight, or eyesight, something that you can imagine, a picture that you see in your mind, something that you see or dream especially as part of as a religious or a supernatural experience. It is very important that the entire congregation, every one of us, this service as well as the second service, as well as all peoples that are a part of Teresa Baptist Church, it is important for the entire congregation to have a good understanding of what the church is trying to accomplish so that everyone can bind to and support the vision or the dream that you are dreaming and coming into. 
Each of us have a dream. We have some suggestions that are brought to us. We'll have some more that will be brought to us. Then we buy into those and we start dreaming together and we're on the same page dreaming together. You see, we've taken your suggestions and we move forward with that as well. So our dream is to move forward together. Robert Dale, in a book that he uh, wrote to dream again, suggested to us that we do, in dreaming, we have to make plans. And we do. We have to identify purposes. And that's what we're trying to do. And we don't major on minors. And we don't allow the distractions to keep us from going forward. We keep the dream before the congregation. We keep it before the people, Robert Dale said to us. And here are some questions that he reminds us about. And he says, we must know who we are. We must know who we are. We must know where that God wants us to be in our dreaming. We must know who we are. And we must also have in our heart to know where God wants to take us. Where does he want this church to go? What does he want this church to look like in the next year, five years, ten years, or on down the way? As a group, we can write the story together. We can write this story of the dream that we have together, and we can join together moving forward with that dream. As I close just now, I want to go back to the three men or four that I talked about today. What about Martin Luther? He became a Reformation leader that we are still enjoying today that is being threatened all around us. What about Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King was a Reformation maker and a leader. And he was not afraid to take a stand and even die for it. What about Donald Trump, our president? He had a dream. He has a dream. He's a Reformation leader. America won't be the same anymore. We see a lot of things, and we've seen a lot of things transpire this week. We've seen some answer of prayer as well because you have prayed as well. The church must have this dream. We must have a dream of what God has in store for us. Good gracious, yes. Can I remind you again, the transition team is working to help you, not for their, and I thank you again, Janet, in saying, not what we want, not what I as a transition pastor want. The only thing I'm supposed to be here for is to love on you. Just to love, and Elaine and I are trying our best to love on every one of you as much as we can. We want to love on you. We want to love you and care for you and help those who are hurting. And that's our purpose. But also to be a part of Transition Team in guiding them, not telling them what to do, but giving them some tools to use and to be with them throughout. And I've been with them almost every time except one, and that was when I was on vacation. And they're, they're working hard. Again, I want to remind you they're working hard. Today we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Again, it is a reminder of what God has done.
It is a reminder of the dream that Jesus had. You remember? And if we could get the musicians and prepare for this song of invitation. It was a reminder of the dream that Jesus had that He'd go to the cross and that He would give forgiveness for all of us. Everyone, this world would have eternal life. And as we celebrate it today, we say thank you, Jesus, for that shed blood, that death, that burial, that resurrection, that ascension, that giving of the Holy Spirit in our lives and setting us free. Our dream now is to see the community receive that same kind of freedom that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we stand, you may be here this morning, and you may not be prepared to receive the Lord's Supper. You need to talk with Him. You can come forward. You can do it where you're standing. Perhaps you need to uh, just uh, surrender your heart. Maybe this is the place you need to plug in as a, as a church. Or perhaps you need to move your membership. Whatever God's calling you to do. We want to give you that opportunity now as we sing.